This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, who has not yet arrived in studio, but we hope he will. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Sciences, out this week. But we are visiting with our guest this morning. It's Mark Bowen, marketing director of Terra Wildlife. With eight miles of Mississippi River frontage and 9,000 acres of oxbow lakes and bottomland hardwood forests, Terra is one of the nation's ultimate destinations for deer and turkey hunting. But it's also a premier location just to observe wildlife, especially birds. Today we'll talk about what you can see at Terra Wildlife and when he gets here, Dr. Major will be here ready to take your pet questions. So join the conversation this morning. You can give us a phone call. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 or you can email the show. It's animals at mpbonline.org. Always like to let you know that if you miss Creature Comforts on Thursday, it repeats every morning, every Saturday morning at 6. So, good morning, Mark. Hope that you're doing well this morning, and thanks for joining us. You're welcome. I'm great. Thank you. So, um, if someone, uh, if you were trying to talk about or describe Terra Wildlife to someone who had never been there, um, how would you do so? Well, it's a vast area, 30 miles north of Vicksburg on the Mississippi River, and uh, great, great um, seven miles of Mississippi River frontage on the Mighty Miss, and um, most of the property is between the levee and the river, but we do have another 800 acres or so between. That's on the protected side of the levee. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you would maybe give us a little bit of uh, the history of Terra Wildlife. Yeah, it's um, you know as it is, it's uh, started in early 1980s, and um, it was um, a good bit larger at that point. We had properties across the. Um, in in Louisiana, but on this side of the river, and then we also have the Halpano Lodge property. But Terra, as it as as it, at what at one time was up to seventeen thousand acres, and um, Maggie Bryan, our owner and founder, um, has had it f- uh, for a great deal of years, and is um, world known for her conservation efforts. And so um, we mentioned in the opener that it's 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 great for for turkey and deer hunting, but it's much more than that. And and I guess cons- conservation is maybe one of the the driving forces of of it being there. It certainly is. And um, although uh, Terra, for most people, have they're known we're known for our archery hunts. Um, you know, the rest of the year we have the summer youth camps and corporate meetings through our conference center and lodging area. And then um, twice a year we have open it up to to all the all the folks um, with our spring birding weekend, um, focusing on the migratory birds, uh, songbirds, and then this the upcoming um, event, the Mississippi River Nature Festival, focuses on the wading birds. So, um, talk about your audience. Who are the who are the people that that utilize the Terra Wildlife? Gosh, it depends on who's who uh, and, and what time of year. Um, certainly, in the fall, the archery hunters um, they're there to um, have a good time, and um, we really have an uh, abundance of deer, quality deer, have been managed that forever. Um, of course, in the summer, it's 
our youth camp, our children, boys and girls, 9 to 16. And then um, the rest of the time, we have a lot of corporate events, um, family reunions, church retreats, and a few weddings each summer. That would uh, that would I imagine would be a great uh, a great spot for a wedding. Um, talk a little bit about it, some of the different types of youth camps that you offer throughout the summer. Yeah, um, you know, it's I think our camps are like none other in the South. Also, in that um, we have a lot of support from outside agencies like the USDA and the uh, MSU Entomology Department, and occasionally. Um, others but also the the mississippi game of fish come over and they they'll shock fish electroshock fish which is a great method of of showing the children what's down under that water and they do a show and tell and um, all the outdoor outdoor activities such as um, canoeing and swimming and uh, archery and 22 rifle and other activities like that and i think uh it was uh several months ago we had the um who is the guy from Australia that works there? <laughs> Gilbert he's, Rose. He's the director I know, he right? Is. Yeah, we yes, had him on the show. It, do I remember correctly that you have some, like, lodging facilities there? Is that right? We, we do. Um, our main lodge has 20 rooms with two queen beds each. And then um, when we have large groups and we fill those up, we overflow to some cabins nearby. Um, we also have our Halpino Lodge at the current time, which is available. So we have approximately... Um, 60 plus beds available to us for for events like this. And I would imagine again, you know, we talked. You talked about uh, the wedding uh, facilities, but also what a great way for uh, some sort of retreat because you're you're kind of removed from you know the hustle and bustle of everyday life. But what a wonderful surrounding to kind of uh, concentrate on what whatever you might be gathered there for. Oh, it certainly is. And I tell you. Um, you, if you come out there, you'll never hear a honking horn and a police car siren, <laughs> and, and, um, and, th- and we are proud of that so far. Um, but um, with the, the rustic lodge around, with the pond right behind, um, many times um, as a pastime, our our attendees will pick up a cane pole that we furnish and throw a cricket on a hook and go out and have fun doing that. Yeah, and again, still, even if you're in a conference or a thing there and maybe get a little bored or frustrated about <laughs> what's going on, it's good to know that you've got that great wildlife uh, to, as you say, maybe do some fishing or just to observe the wildlife. So what, a, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful setting uh, for folks to be able to relax after a day of whatever they're doing. It certainly is, and we have some hiking trails, and we do some other activities like skeet, and um, we have a little challenge course, which is... Um, it, it's kind of a combination of several activities like throwing spears and knives and marbles and, and horseshoes and doing that. It's a great activity to get corporate groups to um, mingle. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with um, corporate groups, uh, you know, many of them know each other, and, and it's a great way to get them face-to-face and um, have a relaxed event. Yeah, you know, I've been to some of those type of things where you kind of bonding things. And, and uh, again, you know, sounds like it'd be a lot more fun when you're out there in the wildlife than maybe stuck up in some conference room at a hotel somewhere. That's for sure. Well, that's what we say. Uh, Dr. Major has made it into <clears throat> studio. So good morning, Dr. Major. Hope you're doing well this morning. Doing fine. Good morning. Uh, so let me remind you of the phone number. If you want to know more about what goes on at Terrell Wildlife or if you have a pet question for Dr. Major, the phone lines are open. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show 
animals at mpbonline.org. So uh, Java, our producer, informed me that August is Senior Pet Month. So, Dr. Major, if you could talk a little bit about maybe for our pets, dogs, and cats, some of the things that we need to think about in terms of their health and well-being as they get to be a little bit older. You know, that's an interesting concept. You know, when we say senior pet, what do we mean? Uh, For a chihuahua, uh, it might be a senior at 12 years old, whereas for a lab, it might be a senior at eight or nine, Mm -hmm. depending on uh, the condition. But as animals age, some of the things that start to be a problem are eyesight, uh, teeth. uh, And the majority of our animals, and they're eight to ten years old, have had some uh, dental problems, uh, either heavy tartar buildup or actual uh, erosion of the gum line with uh, subsequent, uh, I'd hate to say, but rotten teeth. Uh, occasionally we'll have to do a dental on an animal and they'll lose anywhere from 6 to 12 teeth, maybe even more sometimes, simply because they've been neglected and not taken care of. Uh, we recommend uh, some baseline blood work uh, as animals age in the 8, 9, 10-year range. Uh, and that gives you an opportunity to see if there's a developing problem, such as kidney disease or kid- renal insufficiency, liver disease, and some of the other type problems that you might have. So as animals age, they also tend to have uh, tumors or cancer, if you will. And it, it's important to inspect your animal uh, fairly frequently and see if there are any lumps or bumps or anything that's unusual going on. So we recommend geriatric uh, wellness checkups. And as you said, August is the month uh, to emphasize that. And, you know, we talked about on the show a lot of times, you know, owners know their pets and their behavior and that sort of thing. And so if you ever notice something that is out of whack with a pet's normal behavior, not eating, just, you know, behavioral habits, that sort of thing, it's always something to uh, to, to keep track of and to let your vet know of. But, again, I guess as the, our pets get older, it, it's something that bears paying a little bit closer attention to. Exactly. Uh, you know, a lot of times a dog will decide they uh, are a cat decide, hey, I don't want to eat today, which is a little unusual for most, but I know my big dog, uh, Lucy, uh, last night she didn't want to eat at all, which is unusual. She weighs about 95 pounds, and she looked like, hey, I don't care about it. And this morning she ate all her food. However, if she'd gone another uh, 12 hours or so without eating, you could suspect that something probably was really wrong. With my cat, uh, not wanting to eat uh, is not a problem for him as yet. <laughs> as a matter of fact, he seems to be wanting to eat all the time. Well, your, but... ca- your cat, your cat doesn't want to see the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> no, he does if not. he sees the bottom of the bowl, he's going to come tell you about it. You're absolutely <laughs> right. As soon as there's a little piece of the bottom of the bowl, he's wanting fresh food poured on top of there. Okay. Uh, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're visiting today with Mark Bowen, Marketing Director of Terra Wildlife. Early in the show, you heard Mark uh, mention the upcoming Nature Weekend at Terra Wildlife. We'll get into the details of that after this. And also, we're looking for your questions this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 We'll find out all about Nature Weekend at Terra Wildlife after this break. 
MPB News is leading the way, covering stories that matter to Mississippians with five first-place awards from the Associated Press, including breaking news, radio achievement, and public affairs reporting. Your source for a deeper look at today's top story is MPB News. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out for a couple of weeks. She'll be back on the show with us shortly. Today we're visiting with Mark Bowen. He's the marketing director of Terra Wildlife. So we're going to be talking throughout the hour about Terra Wildlife and what it offers, a chance to uh, enjoy Mississippi's wildlife and nature in a setting uh, located near Vicksburg. Uh, Dr. Major here, ready to take some pet questions as well. If you want to join the conversation with a question or a comment, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. Terra Wildlife is having their annual Mississippi River Nature Weekend coming up uh, later in August. We'll talk about that in detail in just a few minutes, but want to get a couple of calls in first. So let's go to Pontotoc. Jane is on the line. Good morning, Jane. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning. I have a problem with my dog who will not quit gnawing at his feet. I wondered if there's any sort of relief you could suggest. I don't see any sores or cuts or nail problem, just itching, itching, itching. Right. What kind of what kind of dog do you have? Miniature Schnauzer. Okay. It seems that some of the dogs and I, I don't know how much he goes outside, but some of the dogs really this time of year seem to have a lot of uh allergy, grass allergy. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll lick a lot of the dogs. It gets to be a, a habit to groom their feet, uh, and certainly it, usually it's in the middle of the night when they start doing that and, and wake you up. But uh, I would suggest that that may be a problem. Is it more seasonal, or has it just started? Oh, yes, it's seasonal. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would talk to your vet. Uh, there may be some things that you can do. Uh, one of the... Uh, more, uh, more used drugs right now. It's called Apoquil. Uh, it's a non-steroidal anti-itch uh, type uh, tablet and seems to work pretty well with a lot of those things where you can't explain exactly why. But uh, that does pretty well. The other thing would possibly use something uh, such as a topical spray. Uh, Jenison uh, Topical has a antibiotic and a topical steroid in it and should help some. Okay, that's but great. Talk to your vet about it and see see what he can come up with, but he or she. And it may be that this is more, a lot of times it seems to be worse after the yard has been mowed. Uh, you have the fresh grass that's been cut and also when it's damp or wet. So that's, that's all possibilities. So good luck to you. Thank you for your help. Yeah. Thanks for your call, Jane. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Mark Bowen, who's marketing director of Terra Wildlife. And coming up in two weeks, I think it is, uh, Terra Wildlife is celebrating their annual Mississippi River Nature Weekends. It's August 24th, 25th, and 26th. So, Mark, if you would, uh, maybe some highlights about uh, a lot. I've got the flyer here in front of me, and it looks like it's going to be a busy weekend with lots of of, a variety of activities to choose from. If you would, maybe give us some of the highlights. Sure. Um... You know, years ago we had the we had the um, it was called the Stork and Cork, and we, it's kind of evolved a little bit. We it was mostly around birding, 
And so we thought, well, you know, let's open it up to other activities. And so um, we bought two old school buses and cut the tops of them off, which is an excellent way to get around the, the woodlands and, and, and see wildlife up close. And um, so, this, so this activity will start on, uh, activities will start on Saturday morning um, with the early birding, um, ad, ad, you know, with uh, our friend um, uh, Bruce Reed, who's mm-hmm. an outdoor act, um, enthusiast. And so we'll do that. But coming up this year, we're doing two new things. One is a kayak paddle, and um, which is really exciting because we got some great bodies of water to 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 take people out and see. And um, that that's going to be our our one of our big new things. And another is biking, um, with miles and miles of great paths through those woods. We have um, you know thought you know what what better way to see it on a, but on a bicycle mm-hmm. so um we're going to do in that and then um during the height of the day uh we'll have two programs one is with uh, chrissy hamilton from freedom ranch uh freedom ranch out outreach and she's from hattiesburg and she does an excellent program on uh raptors and other birds of prey and she'll bring them in and show them and it's a great way for um, the young kids and also the seasoned attendees to to get an up close view of that, and then um, another program we do is with the Mississippi State Entomology Department, and Jason Sanders has has frequented our camps each each week um, in June and July of this year, and he is excellent in and showing all the little creepy bugs and and great butterflies that. Or around our state. That's great because to me, that's you know, it, when we talk about nature and the, the variety and diversity, that really kind of covers it right there. You've got one program that's talking about these majestic uh, birds of prey, and then another one where we're, where we're finding all about about the little creepy crawly things yeah. that sometimes scare us more Absolutely. maybe than those giant birds do. <laughs> also, you know, I, I I'm a big bike rider, so to me, again, you're right. You know, a, a nature trail like that where you could ride your bike would be great. And it's got a picture on the flyer of one of those open-air uh, school buses. So really sounds like it's an exciting time. Lots of different um, activities throughout the weekend. And I guess, too, you have uh, different packages. People can get something for the whole weekend. They can come up maybe on one of the days. Uh, so it's it's flexible about how people uh, can, can maybe pick and choose the things that they're interested in. Sure. And, um, you know, what we decided was that, you know, people, it'd be great. Maybe they can't spend the whole weekend, but we do have a weekend package and we have single night pack, which is packages that also include meals and all the activities. But for um, day visitors, they could come out. And we recently partnered with our good friends at Irby Companies and Bass Pro. And um, they were generous in their donation of some uh, means to allow us that provided the children uh, a no-cost admission fee. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, Angie Webb with Pearl River um, Kayaks has has decided that also will not charge kayak rentals to 12 and under children. And so that's two great things that that people can do. It's not going to cost the family a lot of money. And it also includes meals for the children 12 and under too. So that's a great, 
great help in the expenses of getting out and enjoying this. And that's also great, too, because, you know, want to introduce our children to Mississippi's uh, natural uh, resources and, and let them from an early age uh, know this is something that needs to be appreciated uh, and taken care of. So uh, thanks to those uh, corporate partners for helping you all out to get the kids in there to enjoy some of this for free. Yeah, we agree. Back to the phone lines we go. Angie's in Jackson and on the line. Good morning, Angie. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to um, ask, I heard Mr. Bowen mention about kayaks, and I um, have recently purchased one, and I was wondering, is this something that I would need to be very skilled at, or is this, would I be comfortable being new to this? Um, I've been to Terra before, and it is absolutely gorgeous, and, and certainly being in nature like that is nothing better but but as far as the kayak concerned would that be something that that i would need to be very skilled at um yeah thank you angie uh no um you know our angie webb with the pearl river kayaks she does a great uh instruction on on kayaks and she excels with the smaller kids and okay. so what the what the plan would be is that she would uh, we gather at uh, one of our gorgeous waters waterways and um, she'll do a demonstration and instruction on how to paddle and paddle safely and then she'll do a she'll lead the tour um, an hour hour and a half little tour that she um, you know she'll focus on the birds that you'll see the the fish that are out there and incredibly enough um, She's very wise and knowledgeable about the, 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 the trees and bushes that you'll see along the way. It's really incredible how she does that. All right, Angie, thanks for your call. I would imagine, yeah, if, if she's worked to, used to working with young people, that even for adults who are new to kayaking, uh, I think that sounds like that would be something that you could ease into and, and uh, enjoy uh, the tour. And what a, again, a unique perspective of seeing some of the natural wildlife around Terra Wildlife uh, from a kayak. Um, we've got some open phone lines. If you would like uh, to ask Dr. Major a pet question or if you have a question about the activities and things that go on at Terra Wildlife, Mark Bowen, the marketing director, is our guest today. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Before our next break, let's get another phone call. It comes from our buddy Roger in Florence. Good morning, Roger. Well, good morning. Old dogs and children and watermelon <laughs> wine. You know the song, but I'm talking about a, my 14-year-old chocolate lab, Rusty, who passed away, well, three weeks ago, and, I, and then I lost my wife a week ago, so oh, it's a sad time. But I have to pass on to Troy, to Dr. Major, that I think the reason that Rusty died was a full set of fine teeth. Well, he had, you know, a cataract in one eye, and he had uh, arthritis, but he had wonderful teeth, and I think it's because. Are you still there? Yeah, go ahead, Roger. We can hear you. Okay. Uh, I think it's because I would massage his gums, which he enjoyed since he was a pup. And I carefully massaged his gums every day, and I noticed a, a buildup of the uh, stuff that turns the teeth kind of brown. 
and I never did anything about that. But he had strong, healthy gums. So that's just a hint for dog lovers. They won't all live to 14, but uh, they'll live to 9 or 10 with healthy teeth. <laughs> all right. A great, great, great point. Uh, most people cannot or will not brush their dog's teeth. Uh, you see certain veterinarians that recommend they brush the dog's teeth. That's I don't do it, okay? But massaging, massaging the teeth is, is gums is an excellent idea. And I'm convinced that uh, genetics plays a very important role in dogs' teeth help, health. And certainly there are things that can be done, but uh, it's interesting to see dogs that are on the same, same food, same household. One of them will have terrible teeth. The other will have pristine teeth almost. Uh, we've seen, I've seen big dogs, German shepherds, uh, other dogs that had perfect teeth at nine or 10 years of age, maybe a little tartar, but the teeth were excellent and still in good shape. So genetics does play a, a big role. The smaller dogs, a lot of times they'll have dental problems very early on. Uh, Yorkies, for example, wonderful dogs, but they tend to have some teeth problems, uh, at an early age. So. Talk to your veterinarian and uh, work at good dental care for your dogs but and, as, and cats. As Roger pointed out, though, if, if you want to do that, it was good that he decided to start that as a puppy so that right. the dog gets used to you kind of sticking right. his, your hand in his mouth. But, right. again, it sounds like something that, you know, when the dogs get used to it, it's something that, that they enjoy. And so what, what a good way to, you know, to help them uh, keep their dental health up. I suspect that probably it did Roger some good as well. Um, yes. Petting and rubbing his dog's teeth good way to bond with your with your right. uh, with your uh, canine right. we need to take another break when we get back amazon.com lists the most popular dog treats that they sell what do you think is number one on their list we'll talk about that when we get back and we'll take your questions about uh terra wildlife and pet questions we have phone lines open if you'd like to join in this morning the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two 7464, Amazon.com's most popular dog treat. We'll find out what it is after this. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out for a couple weeks, but she'll be back on the show with us shortly. Today, we're visiting with Mark Bowen, who is marketing director of Terra Wildlife. We've been talking about some of the things that Terra Wildlife has to offer and also talking about their upcoming Mississippi River Nature Weekend that is August 24th, 25th, and 26th. We've got some phone lines open if you'd like to join our conversation, so give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can email the show animals at mpbonline.org. So before the break, I talked about uh, the most popular dog treat on Amazon.com. What do they sell the most of? It's actually a Greenies Pill Pocket Soft Dog Treat in Chicken Flavor. So it's actually a treat that is hollow. So if you're having to give your dog some medicine, you stick the pill inside the treat and hopefully the dog eats it without even knowing he's had his medicine. And if they make these for cats, I need to have one because um, anyone who's ever tried to put a pill 
uh, in a cat's mouth knows that it can be quite an adventure, although I'm always impressed when I go to the vet, Dr. Major, you and your staff are able to pop that thing right in there, and it's amazing, and I'm like, boy, I wish I could do that when I get home. <laughs> well, it's it's practice. That, that's a big part of it. You know, the, the, uh, the dog treat, the greenies pill pockets, I wish I had stock in that particular, <laughs> particular uh, brand of theirs because it started out and Greenies bought it. I'm not sure who had it initially, but uh, you know that there's probably a good good bit of peanut butter in that, uh, <laughs> and, but the dogs do like it. Uh, we use one primarily that's got a little hickory flavor. Uh, the dogs seem to like that, and I think it has improved compliance tremendously, mm-hmm. uh, and especially if you have a dog that's just not going to take it. Cats, a little bit different story. Cats will do what you don't want them to do a lot of times. If you made out like you didn't want them to take it, they might. But there is a pill pocket for cats. But I'd say the acceptance is much less than with a dog. All right. Uh, We've got a phone call to get to, so let's invite Betsy, who's in Ridgeland this morning. Hello, Betsy. You're on the air with us. Good morning. Um, I have a question for Mr. Bowen. Uh, He referenced the family weekend that's coming up, and my family and I are really into mountain biking. And I was just wondering if he could tell me a little bit about the trails or would we be able to ride how far um, on the weekend that's coming up? Yeah, sure, Bessie. Um, This is what we've planned. Um, uh, You know, early in the morning before the heat takes over, Leslie Robinson's going to have a group she's a avid biker in the area and she's gonna head up a group um starting at about seven o'clock and what we did because we have miles and miles of great um paths that we that we employ to get our archery hunters around in the fall we've taken a lot of care and effort in the last uh, month getting those roads clear from the the past flooding in the river and you know of course anytime a storm you know, comes along, it puts a tree across our road. So um, we've we've routed a um, path of about 25 to 30 miles. And, of course, there are no hills over there except the levee, but uh, the roads are great. So, but in, but for, for you to answer your question, um, there'll be other routes and there'll be maps um, given to each rider. We'll also have colored um, route markers that will say if you didn't want to go the 20 or 30 miles with the group you could when as you get to an intersection um, in the woods you could take a shorter route and and return back to the lodge so um, okay yeah so that that's a that'll be a great thing for um for oh the that jo- sounds wonderful yeah all right, uh, Betsy, thanks for your call. Yeah, it says, uh, you know, either the group ride or you can go out on your own. And then the other thing, too, Mark, is that uh, if someone maybe were to go up there uh, during the nature weekend and, and find a spot they like, they could come up uh, other times of the year and, and uh, bike as well. Yes, absolutely, they can. All right, uh, we've got another call to get to, so we'll invite uh, Paula from Ridgeland onto the show. Good morning, Paula. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Um, I have a couple of questions on German Shepherds. What is the um, age where you should stop breeding um, the male and the female? Good question. Uh, In most cases, uh, I would think that most breeders, people that are breeding the dogs, usually they would limit uh, the number of litters that a female had to two or three rather than Mm -hmm. just keep on and on. So 
in most cases, by the time a, a female uh, German Shepherd is five years old, I would say would not recommend uh, continuing to breed. Certainly you could, and it may be fine, but uh, the older they get, the more problem it is for the dog. Uh-huh. And you may have some uh, abnormal litters uh, with that. As far as the male, uh, you know, as long as they are sexually active and have active sperm, uh, I've seen dogs that are 8, 10 years old that have had sired litters. So that probably could be done. I think arthritis is one of the biggest things with a male. At some point, uh, they're not going to want to breed naturally. Uh, because of arthritis pain in their hips or back. Yeah. So that, that can be an issue. Okay. okay. And um, we had a dog with um, demodectic mange in his feet. What about breeding that dog? <laughs> it's a good question. There is some degree of inheritability with that. Uh, and is it, a, is it difficult to clear up or has it been cleared up? Uh, it's cleared up. Yeah. There, I would be a little reluctant. Uh, there are some pretty good treatments for demodectic mange now uh, mm-hmm. that don't require uh, toxic dips and things like that. At the same time, uh, there is a certain, as I said, a certain degree of inheritability with it, and I would be a little reluctant uh, to, uh, especially if it was a generalized demodectic mange. Some puppies will have, or some dogs will have, a focal point of mange very small area though that would be questionable if you said hey I, I want to breed that dog but there's still the possibility that it could be inherited yeah okay great good information take care thank you thanks All for your right, call pa- paula we've got some open phone lines on creature comforts if you'd like to join in this morning give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Today we're visiting with Mark Bowen, who is Marketing Director of Terra Wildlife, and we've been talking about some of the things that you can do in Terra Wildlife and promoting their upcoming Mississippi River Nature Weekend, which is August 24th, 25th, and 26th. Mark, you know, we've talked about all these things that folks can do during the day, but at night maybe time to relax, and you've got some live music to go this week, that weekend as well. We do. Um, we have a crew called the Lowland Wastrels, and they're a creative bunch um, that do some uh, uh, little picking and and um, a little music instruments like that that I have no ability to do. But they're <laughs> they're really excellent at it, and it's good. It's good easy easy you know listening music, and mm-hmm. um, they come they come uh, visit us every once in a while. So. Um, we're excited about that. People enjoy it. It's um, good family music. And a great way to relax after a, a day full of events, that's for you sure. Bet. Bet. Um, so we have a, an email here, Dr. Major. It says, <clears throat> I took my dog to the vet because of horrible itching and chewing on himself. Turns out he had fleas, which he's allergic to. So it was easy enough to address with Confortis. The vet thought he might be allergic to his food, so we put him on a very expensive hypoallergenic dry food. It hasn't resulted in any changes. While the treatment for fleas has worked, uh, he's still scratching a lot, but most notable is his scooting on the carpet on his butt. He was dewormed, so it's not that. He always scoots on the carpet, which makes me think his bottom itches, and that's the only way he can scratch it. Any suggestions? Well, you have to look at it. First of all, it may be because it feels good. Uh, we see dogs that will literally do that on the concrete. Uh, 
I suspect the vet probably checked the anal sacs there on either side of the rectum, and they can be full, and that can be a reason why a dog would scoot. Uh, most of the food trials that you do when you change foods to see if it's uh, a food allergy, most of those food trials take at least six weeks to see if there's any uh, improvement. I don't know how long they fed this. They may need to try another one. I'm a strong believer that uh, the food companies uh, have oversold certain things, uh, i.e. no grain or uh, no grain type foods. And they're finding now that some of the foods that have no grain and they've supplemented with other things are low in some of the uh, important amino acids such as taurine. And we have seen, uh, I've read reports where it can cause some heart conditions in dogs. So be very careful and talk with your vet uh, about the foods. But six weeks at least before you say that that food change is not going to work. Uh, But again, with the the butt scooting there, if if he's not... (laughs) you know, ruining the carpet or whatever, and, and you said maybe he just enjoys doing it. It seems All like right. that would be a, a harmless behavior unless you notice something. I suspect everybody's seen a dog that uh, is scooting, <laughs> their, scooting their butt across the floor, holding their head up and grinning. Uh, that that may or may not be pleasure or ecstasy, but uh, it gets to be a habit also. And if he's got skin irritation, I can certainly see that it uh, solves the problem of scratching it or itching it. So check those anal sacs. That might be part of the problem. All right. Uh, We're visiting today on Creature Comforts with uh, Mark Bowen, who is Marketing Director of Terra Wildlife. We've been uh, talking about that. We will continue our discussion about that after the break. Also after the break, uh, the Healthy Paws Pet Insurance Foundation in 2017 did a survey of the most popular cat names. We're going to tell you the most popular male and female name for cats from 2017. This is Creature Comforts. We'll be back to wrap up the program after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Our guest today is Mark Bowen, Marketing Director of Terra Wildlife. We've been talking about the things that Terra Wildlife offers throughout the year, but also focusing on the upcoming Mississippi River Nature Weekend that is August 24th, 25th, and 26th. Lots of activities throughout the day and some great entertainment uh, in the evening, uh, some different packages that you could come for the whole weekend or uh, day passes and that sort of thing. So very uh, flexible. They want to get as many visitors up there as possible. Mark, we've been talking all about that. If someone needs some more information, uh, could they email you? Certainly. It's uh, uh, com. It's T-A-R-A, wildlife.com. Um, our website, uh, com has a... Uh, you would go to the events page, and on there it describes the, the events we do, but primarily the River Nature Weekend and registration form. And what we need people to do, and understand that if, if um, and we'd certainly love everyone to come over, but um, we'll have, they don't, they won't need to bring their kayaks unless they choose to or have one. And um, because Angie will have up to 30 to 40 kayaks available for all sizes and shapes of people and um so uh but we need a a phone call Mm -hmm. or an email to reserve a time slot because it is limited and first one will be at eight o'clock 
and then 10.30 or, 10:30 or so, and then an afternoon paddle uh, around the 3.30 hour after our two indoor programs. Okay. Uh, and as you said, so uh, you, w- you would like to, if you're interested in going, probably the sooner the better to go ahead and get in touch and, and get your things set up for what you're uh, interested in doing that weekend. Right. <clears throat> By the way, I forgot to mention, I as mentioned before the break, the Healthy Paws Pet Insurance Foundation surveyed the popular cat names in 2017. So for a female, it is Stella, and for a male, it is Oscar. And I was looking through the list. Fortunately, Bo, which is my cat's name, did not make the list, so maybe... Uh, Maybe I'll have to convince some other people to name their cat that so we can get up there on the list. <clears throat> I have another email here uh, for Dr. Major. Uh, it says, I have two older dogs, a 17-year-old Border Terrier and a 12-year-old Irish Terrier. Could you address some aspects of how to deal with older dogs? We talked a little bit about this earlier in the day, uh, or in the show, that is. For example, my Border Terrier is almost blind, although he can see shadows. I, uh, he can walk but seems to get lost and ends up standing in the corner sometime for long periods of times until I notice. He's un- incontinent sometimes. Uh, thank God for my carpet cleaner. He's healthy and eats okay, but I wonder if he'll remember sometimes where to get water. I have to carry him in and out because stairs are dangerous for him. I just don't know what to do uh, when my larger dog gets to this point. And again, we had talked about some of the things that uh, happen, but um, you know, I guess caring for an older pet uh, is, is some additional challenges, that's for sure. Absolutely. And it sounds like, uh, you know, the eyesight thing is, a, is an issue. And uh, some dogs adapt real well uh, to be able to see partially or even not at all if they know their environment. Uh, but uh, a lot of dogs do develop some degree of senility. And there are some drugs that can be given which can help with that, uh, just like with humans. Uh, they don't all work, but sometimes they do. Uh, with the older dog, incontinence, urinary incontinence, or bowel incontinence can certainly be a problem. And there are some medications that would help with urinary incontinence. Uh, but a lot of it probably revolves around this dog's inability to see properly. So it gets to be a real problem with the larger dogs, and uh, usually arthritis, especially in uh, dogs that are in that 12-plus range, usually arthritis is a real problem, and you need to talk to your vet about how to possibly at least help with that. You're not going to cure it, but at least help and give the dog some relief. You really don't want the dog to suffer, uh, especially if it gets to where it can't get up. Uh, but again, I think I would also say too that um, w- with the older pet, obviously, you know, we all care for our pets and monitor their behavior and that sort of thing. But again, when the pets get older and, and begin having these issues, uh, really closer monitoring, I think, uh, is important. And again, uh, any sort of unusual thing, maybe a little bit quicker to uh, contact the vet than we might with with a younger pet. Right. Okay. Got another call on the line. It comes from Patty in Brandon. You're on the air with us, Patty. Go ahead, please. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. Good. Good, good. I've never been out to Terra Wildlife, and I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about the lodging. Sure. What kind of lodgings out there? Yeah. Um, because we have uh, a lot of hunters in the fall and then our corporate events, our lodging is really nice. It's a hotel-type situation for the most part, and oh. it's uh, two queen beds and private baths in each in each room. Um and it's all uh, connected by walkways to the dining area and then to the conference center. And then, uh, yeah, so um, then we also have um, a cabin or two that's, that we rent out um, for larger groups 
um, that have full kitchens and and all the uh, amenities that you need there. Okay, good to know. I was thinking it was going to be a little more rustic, but I'm glad to hear that it's more. Well, if you like want to bring your yeah, if you want to bring your tent, I you you're welcome to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, since I don't have one, I probably won't be bringing that. So. <laughs> you, you can borrow mine. Thank you, thank you so much. All right. <laughs> thank you, Patty. You thanks for the call. Day. But yeah, so I I kind of would agree with Patty. You know, you again, you're out there enjoying the uh, nature and doing all these things. It, it's nice to have a nice room to to uh, lay your head on there at night after you've done all that stuff. Certainly. <clears throat> Still time for you to work in a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're visiting today with Mark Bowen, who is marketing director of Terra Wildlife. Um, so Mark. Um, Terra Wildlife is in the Mississippi Flyway, um, so that I guess depending on the time of year, uh, lots of different uh, birds that you could see there. If you could maybe uh, this time of year, what would folks uh, types of birds that folks might be willing to or uh, uh, able to see at uh, at Terra Wildlife? Yeah, well, um, Bruce Reed with um, you know he he kind of orchestrates the birding tours, mm-hmm. and we have um, they'll start early in the morning and then right after breakfast and um late in the afternoon and uh in the past which is incredible to me is that um they do a a bird count um trying to record each species that they see and amazingly they'll see in the spring and um, a few different birds but up to um i think in the spring we were we had recorded over 70 different species of birds which is remarkable and then the fall it, this this upcoming weekend is a little different, but more of the wading birds, like the um, the roseate spoonbills and ibises and things, and and the whole the whole um, weekend originated from the wood stork, and um, uh, to and and that is an incredible bird, um, uh, and you know our challenge is to locate birds to where our groups can get to. Um, and uh, so so we do we do find some spots that we can easily drive up uh, and um, in those buses and people can sit and watch or get out and stroll. And um, Bruce Reed does a great job at, at um, uh, providing that, that tour. Yeah, Bruce has been uh, on the program a number of times and quite knowledgeable. And if I remember correctly, too, he's a he's an avid uh, photographer, so uh, knows a lot about birds, but also a lot of good pictures of birds as well. Uh, we have another email here for Dr. Major. It seems like it was dog day on the emails because this one says, I'm in the process of adopting a two-year-old German shepherd mix about 50 pounds. Basically a wonderful dog. She lives outside. I also walk her through the neighborhood every day, so she's getting attention. The problem is that she likes to chew on wood. She started chewing on some cedar sodding on the house. My husband recommended that I paint some Tabasco sauce on that site, which I did, and it looks like she's not gone back there. But she started chewing on the posts holding up the pergola. Uh, I painted the offending area with Tabasco sauce, and guess what? She's now started chewing the patio door frame. So it looks like uh, the dog is avoiding the Tabasco but finding another source of wood. Uh, Suggestions, Dr. Major, maybe try to get some sort of dog chew that might give the dog an alternative? That's a good question, you know, and certainly it's a plus for Tabasco. I'm sure they're happy with the fact that you're using that for that. Uh, I haven't I haven't talked to the people there at Tabasco lately, but uh, they'll be happy to hear that. Uh, it's This is still semi-puppy, okay? 
Uh, and, of course, you know, it's an adoptee. There may be a reason why it was up for adoption. It may have chewed the house down. And this is certainly possible with a larger breed dog. Uh, Mark can attest to the fact probably that labs uh, notoriously in the first couple of years uh, are, are big chewers. Not always, but usually after you get over that three-year hump with them, they're the perfect dog that you see lying in front of the fireplace, you know, and just taking it easy. Uh, anyway, talk to your vet. There may be something that can be done. Uh, I would keep using the Tabasco if that's working. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funding provided in part uh, by listeners like you. Today's uh, our show is produced every week by Java Chapman. So for Dr. Troy Major and our guest Mark Farrell, Stay tuned. Up next, it's MPB Season Pass with Jay White, and we'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts, heard only on MPB Think Radio.